Hello, welcome to the ESVS podcast. My name is Agla Kovilunite, and we are recording this podcast live at the 2023 ESVS annual meeting in Belfast. I have the honor of talking today with the professor Jakob Bezlili from Denmark right after his presentation in the breaking news in clinical trials. Professor Bezlili is the primary investigator of the Sunday trial, the Scandinavian trial of uncomplicated aortic therapy. Great presentation and thank you for making the time to answer a few questions in our podcast corner. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. It's a great city and so far it's been great. In short, the Sunday trial is a multi-center randomized open-label observer-blinded two-arm control study addressing the question of whether thoracic endovascular aortic repair TVAR, impacts five-year results among patients with uncomplicated standard type B aortic dissections. The patients will be randomized to either standard medical therapy alone or standard medical therapy plus subacute TVAR. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got that right. That was well cited. I'm impressed. <laughs> but it, you know, it sounds complicated, but it's actually really simple. It's just either medical therapy or a standard. I would like to start by asking, how did the idea for the trial came up? Uh, I've always been interested in, in aortic therapy, aortic treatment, and a lot of the colleagues and friends have the same interest. Um, and at various meetings, ESVS meetings, uh, other critical issues and whatnot, any time there was a topic of dissection, I noticed in one year I counted back in 2021, um, six of the talks in one day ended with, we need a randomized control trial. And I was like, well, let's do it. And then actually, and as I mentioned this morning, it was Anders von Heinen, we were at dinner, and I said, we should do it. and he said, just do it, do it, just get this going. So that was the impetus. And what is the hypothesis of the trial? Well, the null hypothesis is that there's no difference in survival. I mean, the primary outcome is survival. That's what sort of is always asked at the end of the day, is, is there a difference in survival? But I think we all know there's tons of you know, other variables and secondary important outcomes, and I think that's what makes it complicated, excuse the pun, but that's the question is, is there a difference in survival, whether or not you have the t an early, what we'd call prophylactic TAVAR. So. What are the biggest controversies you have to face while making the trial? making the protocol for the trial? Well, I suppose you could answer that in two aspects. One is the one that's not really interesting to hear, but I think it's, it's a sad statement of where the things are these days. It's the legal aspects. You know, the paperwork for the ethical approval, those things, those were a bit time-consuming, but they proceeded as one would hope. But the things about, um, you know, who owns or shares or possesses the data, who's responsible, this is all legal jargon, and you can follow it for a couple weeks, and then it's, it's, we spent two years. That's one aspect. But that's, I don't think that's really interesting. The other thing that, you know, I said, what are the controversial things for the topic and sort of the scientific matter at hand, that's been more what I think most people would say, like, equipoise. Um, what... Some people, or some centers might say, we think a patient like this should be treated, whereas other ones would say, we think they shouldn't be treated. And then you look at the evidence, and it's not really known, but people still do what they think is best. And I think that's why the Scandinavian setting is somewhat ideal, because we're pretty uh, level on what, it, I, I think, at least our interpretation of equipoise is similar. So, What are the objectives of the trial? 
I mean, the objective is to see if there's any difference in survival, as we just mentioned. I think that will always, I mean, that will always be the the the, the overriding uh, topic. But I think anyone working with this, these types of patients, the secondary, the sub-analysis, those types of things will really take interest. Okay, who did particularly well, or why were these patients, or all these things that will just emerge from the data. Even now, I mean, obviously, we don't have enough patients to show, but it's funny, um, the patients were actually clumped, you know, and people have previously talked about seasonal variations when dissections come, but they really came just boom, boom, boom. And then it's been quiet since then. And why that is, I mean, that would be, be one interesting fact. So, okay, when did these people come? Yeah. So that, w- that would be an interesting objective. Very interesting. Mm. At what stage of the trial you are currently in, and what are some of the obstacles that you and your fellow investigators have to face? Well, these are early stages, uh, which is connected to the, um, the legal aspects I mentioned. Um, we now have a green light in Sweden and in Denmark. Um, soon is at least what I've been told in, in the other countries um, and I've actually spoken to members from the other countries today and received mails from legal so um, that's our status we've screened 12 uh, subjects between two centers although Copenhagen joined uh, as of right at the end of August early September uh, and they've included uh, recruited uh, and, in, and included well, one subject in the trial so they're out of the 12 that were screened, six are included in the trial. And that's kind of what I think you would expect when you think about the breakdown of complicated or uncomplicated. So there's six uncomplicated patients that have been included. So clearly that's early stage. We need to include 550. So, But once we get all subjects running, it averages out to be about 10 sites per center per year. And I think that's achievable. Great. When can we expect the first results to come in? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've been asked that question before, and I never, I never know how to. I still haven't figured out the way to answer that. Uh, I can give a better answer, obviously, next year once we have all the sites running and we have a sense of, you know, how we can project this. But once you're, I mean, we're not blinded to this. We can see which patients were tapered, so we can obviously reveal early outcomes. So, yeah, I would think maybe in 18 months you can say, okay, this is where we're at this point. And other things like, like. Um, quality of life or even like safety issues that's one important aspect of the trial because this is an intervention you need to make sure this is safe to date it's been safe but I would say within you know again with a disclaimer that it's difficult to say at this point but I would I would think within a year or 18 months we can start looking at some aspects of the child how difficult or easy it is to convince centers to join the project yeah you know I'm doing this project because I just think it's an interesting topic. I have no need for a new position at work, or that's that's not why I'm doing this. And I try to convey that to other investigators and other sites, uh, because I know there's interest out there in other centers. And I'm trying to, through other colleagues, you know, we have colleagues in Finland and Sweden, and try to use their skills at recruiting. I don't want to go around and just recruit everyone. I want to sort of get the, the, the t- you know, it's like building a team. Just getting the best out of everyone to get the best out of each other. Um, so I, I think it's gone well. I think we have a good group. Uh, and to make sure that people get ownership in it. That they say, we're this, and we're doing this, and then 
really keep things open so that everyone has an opportunity to get the most out of various aspects of the trial. Uh, and I, I'm pleased so far. Were there any problems uh, while trying to convince sites to also participate in the trial that some biases come in from the best practices uh, centers already do uh, regarding uh, TVAR or uh, actually uh, best medical treatment? You know, that's, that's a really, really good question. Um, I, I don't think I would term we've had troubles with that. It's the question's been raised, and that was somewhat alluded to tomorrow, this morning in the talk about equipoise. Um, I, I just think this tendency to select patients is so ingrained in us. So then once you tell someone you have to randomize these patients, you're like, ah, oh, but I think this is a good TAVAR patient. Yeah, exactly. And, and the fact is you don't know. What makes things even more interesting is that you talk to the patient and they say, well, what do you think I should do? And then you're like, well, I don't know. Well, I think I know, but I really, and it, you really get confronted with this scientific question. Uh, and even more interesting, as time goes, the patients actually ask better questions and then they themselves, this process of the patient and the physician saying, okay, maybe early on, they're like, okay, I want to join the trial, but I really hope I get a stent. And then once the week is gone and it's time, they're doing well and they say, I'm doing pretty well. I hope I just get the medical therapy. And you're like, well, that's not the idea of the trial yeah. here. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And so it's an interesting uh, process. Yeah. Thank you so much. Exciting trial, and we will be looking forward to hearing your results. Thank you for your time, and thank you to all of our listeners that are listening to our live recordings from Belfast. We will be recording live podcasts all of this week in Belfast, so stay tuned. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.